Hope everyone's batting down out there, listening to us from your from your safe areas of your home or work, wherever you have been today. I know it's been a bit of a wild weather day around the around the state, really, of North Carolina. Justin Dion here, hosting you for Know the Scene this week. Got a great show. Uh, again, hope everyone's been been holding out. I've seen some some uh, some videos, some pictures online from this storm that came through. Seems like it's done some uh, done some pretty significant damage here and there, and especially especially it seems like in the areas uh, uh, over over you know Statesville, Hickory, I forty area over there. I heard there was like a, hur- a tornado that crashed high or went over high for I forty. They had to shut down like a section of the interstate actually at one point for a bit. I've seen I've seen lots of like flash flooding in people's yards and, and roads and stuff and some trees down. So hope hope everyone's been all right there today. But i got a great show this week for you. Know the Scene, uh, your weekly show here with WSIC to talk about uh, what's going on in our in our Lake Norman towns as far as uh, uh, what, what, you know, what's the scene, what's happening in our cultural scene in the area of the towns that make up this, this wonderful Lake Norman community. And uh, we've got a great show today with with Rocky Lynn, who you heard introing his song, introing in. Um, but before we get to that, just uh, reviewing a few updates of, of other items that are coming up. So, uh, so at Kane Center for the Arts, we've been uh, continuing uh, in, enjoying a great new year here in 2024. Now, uh, we uh, last weekend had our our one year anniversary uh, gala celebration with uh, with Mandy Gonzalez, uh, Broadway. Broadway star, phenomenal show, absolutely phenomenal performance. She she had a number two that she performed with uh, a group of Lake Norman uh, kids. Uh, it was a combination of a couple different choirs that are performing in some of the local theater shows in the area, and uh, there's about forty kids came on stage with her and sang sang with her for one of her songs. It was a really great moment, really cool. And I'll tell you too, um, from our, our from my side, you know, not only was Mandy obviously a phenomenal performer herself, but uh, but she was just what a sweet and genuine person. Uh, if you if you listened to the show when she came on this show back in December, you you would pick that up. And if you haven't listened to it, you can go and listen to it uh, actually on our uh, podcast uh, broadcast of this show. You can go go search know this WSIC know the scene on your any of your podcast apps and and listen to any of the past episodes. And you can listen to this episode too, of course, after the fact. Um, but Mandy took the time after the show to spend time with each and every one of those kids that sang with her and any of them that wanted a picture or any of them that wanted, you know, just to say a few words to her, she absolutely was just, was just gracious with everything. So great to, great to always see that with, with performers that we have, um, which, which almost all, all are that way, which is a great thing to know. Um, coming up, uh, this weekend, Kane Center for the Us, we've got the weekend off, but next week we got a big, busy, busy week. Uh, we've got the Drifters coming Thursday and Friday, although I can tell you that both of those performances are sold out. And then 
Saturday night, the cherry on top of the week is Rocky Lynn coming in. So we are excited to have a wonderful week of programs. We've got tickets on sale for lots of uh, all, a lot of all of our performances for the spring, including uh, Davidson Community Players production of Frozen Junior, which uh, a lot of those kids that were sang with Mandy are in, and they just added a performance. So uh, they sold out all six of their public performances, and they just this morning added a Friday afternoon performance on Friday the 26th at 4 p.m. Uh, that's the only show left you can get tickets for. So if you want to take your kids to go see that Frozen Junior, get those tickets for that Friday um, the 26th. Um, then continuing for we've all got lots of shows uh, coming up there. Uh, so go out, make sure you uh, come see some shows at the center. Come, you know, art classes are going on as well, and and, and go support everybody that's happening. But today we're gonna focus on talking to a a hometown a hometown cultural and scene hero, Rocky Lynn. Rocky, welcome to the show. Oh, Justin, thank you so much for having me, and congratulations on such a fabulous and wonderful facility that you have there in Cornelius. Um, I think it's just marvelous that we have a world-class facility now, not just in the way that it looks and the way that it's able to handle patrons, but in the production and the lighting in the crew and obviously in the people that run it, that puts us on par with all of the different world-class places in the country. And I would encourage people, regardless of where they, uh, whether they come see me or Mandy or any of the events that you have, just to make that a regular stop. You know, we've been fortunate enough over the years to play like at the Telluride Opera House, yeah. the Randall Opry, the Ryman Auditorium. We played the uh, Madison Square Garden when, when, when the CMA Awards were there. And there's not a better facility in the world than what you have. What a fantastic job you've done. Wow. Well, thank you, Rocky. Thank you. There's some super, very, very kind words. I appreciate that, especially from someone who's, as you, as you mentioned, it has has been able to 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 experience and and grace the stage of of so many wonderful venues. Is is sorry, just to jump right in on that. Is there any one of those that you would say? Because um, you haven't played Kane Center yet, so you can't say Kane Center. But out of the, some of the, all the wonderful venues you've played, are there maybe you know a couple that just really stand out to you as far as what your experience has been like as a performer? Well, you know, for me, it's not so much about the venue it is as it is the people that you're playing or the the audience that you're playing for. So I'll, while I have enjoyed all the nice places that we've been fortunate enough to play, the things that really stick out in my memory are things like uh, I played in, uh, in Kandahar, Afghanistan at Christmas once mm. and this young man it was a motor pool. They were like, you know, 14 people that kept the Humvees running and kept them so that they could uh, keep the bullets from hitting them by up armoring the Humvees. And I had a young man come up to me and uh, it just, the show meant a lot to him and it really touched me. And then several years later we were playing in Denver and that young man showed up with his wife at the show and told me that that us coming to play for him at Christmas in, in a war zone helped him to live and to, to do better in his life. And those kind mm. of memories, I mean, man, what else, what else could you hope to do with your life if you get to do something like that? So it's just a blessing for me. It's the people, whether it's a VA home or a Harley Davidson parking lot or the, or the Grand Ole Opry, it's all about being able to share this wonderful gift that God gave us with all the people we meet. Yes, sir. When you, when you, that's, that's wonderful. When you were over there performing um, that show you mentioned in Kanda Heart, did, was that, did, did you, 
put did you go over with like a group that performed there as far as like someone booked you over there or did you go with the USO or how did how was that put together? I would go through MWR and the Secretary of Defense. We, okay. we would do the first we did several tours where it was USO tours, but those are usually the bigger places uh-huh. like uh, Kandahar and Baghdad and Kuwait, which are like what they call green zones. And in uh-huh. the green zones, they have lots of entertainment. Uh, but if you remember, you know, Bob Hope, even though he would play yeah. on the ships and play for those people, he would take the small times and go out into the world. So we would, we often play the smaller places. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, we have, um, we've, we've got to go and transition now to a break real quick, but I love how we've gotten started just right in. We're going to go to break and we're going to come right back with Rocky Lynn. You guys make sure to stay with us. Know the scene. Give you my seat on the train to heaven If only one of us could Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Know the Scene. Today, today on Tuesday with the big storm. The big storm. And it's a very special day today as well because it's Bill's birthday. It's Bill's birthday. If my horn, if my air horn was working, I would be blowing the air horn right now. Happy birthday, Bill. Our man, Bill, Billy, Bill on the Sticks. Happy birthday, Bill. Thanks for everything you do here, everybody. You can call in. Listen, if anyone wants to, by the way, you can call into the show. Uh, uh, call into the show there and make sure it's 844-STUDIO-4, or if that's 844-788-3464. You can call in and tell Bill happy birthday. That's how old I turned today. Three, four. That's right. Three, oh, three, four. Hey. 34. Yeah, I like to set it up that way. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Congratulations <laughs> and a happy birthday, Bill. Thank you, um, But yeah, if anyone has any questions um, for, uh, for Rocky here today um, or just wants to wish Bill a happy birthday, you can give that number a call. Uh, so we're, we're talking to Rocky. We jumped right in right before the break. Just got a little bit. Um, just cause there was some great, he, you know, he said some great things and I was kind of just riffing on it, but I want to, I want to take a minute and take us back Rocky, if we can. Um, because I was, uh, in the break, we were talking about this. One of the things I, I think is important that I like to do is, is, is have our guests talk a little bit about what, what, how they, how they got into doing what it is that they do, right? We have some very accomplished guests on this show, you, of course, being one of them. And, you know, you've got a great story. And you even just mentioned a few things in the um, in the initial start about all the great stages you've performed at and opportunities you've been able to impact lives through, you know, your gift and, and your art and, and what you do. Well, you know, you're from this area. You're from Statesville, Right, born and raised yes, in Statesville. Sir. So, so I think it's you know I'd love for people to get to hear you know how how did a boy how did how did a guy from Statesville, you know, end up getting to perform on all these great stages and and do all these great things. Well, that's a great question, Justin. Thank you for asking me. I I was very very fortunate to grow up in this area. I started my life at a place called the Barium Springs Home for Children. Mm in uh, Troutman, North Carolina. I was found in a garbage dumpster as a little boy. I was just a a couple days old and Mm -hmm. left at the foot of the orphanage uh, in front of the laundry. So uh, although while that sounds like a really difficult beginning, it's just the cards I was dealt. It's not good or bad or indifferent. It's just the, the way it started. And fortunately for us, they used to bring people in that would, uh, 
visit with the children there. And there was a man when I was four years old. His name was Niley Binge. I, I remember his name. His name was Niley Binge, and he brought a guitar, and he and he sat there in front of us, and I was sitting on the floor in front of him. And he sang, I'm going to Alabama with a banjo on my knee. And it absolutely, you could have struck me with lightning. I wouldn't have been moved anymore. At that moment, I knew what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I didn't know how I was going to do it or uh, or anything about maybe trying to get a record deal or a band or any of those things. I just wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And now... I know Bill turned 34 today. I'm 126. <laughs> and at 126, I still feel the same way. And I think it's super important. I love that you focus on local people and you ask, you know, how young people that might be interested in this life wanted to get into it. It's important to note that I don't really have anything special. I don't have a special gift. I don't have perfect pitch. Uh, I just truly, truly love music and i always have and i've been blessed with a really good work ethic so i work really hard and i i try and i'm able to open myself up to whatever experiences come and i've been fortunate enough to do some things in life that are that were beautiful quite frankly to do for a living what i would gladly have done for free so i would just encourage people if they have a dream whether it's uh singing or or playing guitar or writing books or or, or or starting a rickshaw business, whatever you want to do to stick with it. And the key, the one thing that will ensure that you never succeed is if you quit. Mm-hmm. And I was 39 years old when I got my first major label record deal, which is way past the point that most people are still trying to get a record deal. Uh, I had an attorney once in Minneapolis, Ken Abdo. He was Prince's attorney as well, that told me I was too stupid to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and and instead of being offended, as I think he was his intent, I thought, you know, you're probably right. And then three years later, I got a record deal. And sitting here talking to you now, I've been fortunate enough to write songs, you know, that were recorded by the Oak Ridge Boys, Steve Warner, Charlie Pride, Ricky Skaggs. And all of that isn't a testament to some kind of special talent or gift that I was given. I was just given the love for music and then had the uh, follow through to work really hard on trying to do the best I can with that. I love that. That's such a great thank. Thank you for that, Rocky. Um, Wow. What I mean, what a what even just your 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 quick summary there is just so inspiring. Um, you know, was there, so if we break that down a little bit more, was there, at what point did you maybe start with your first sense of like, did like, like touch a guitar? Like at what point did you ever like first grab your first guitar and start playing? Were you in your teenage years? Were you, was it later? Where, where was it? Well, today we're fortunate enough to have the internet and, uh, all sorts of cable TV. And so kids get a lot of information just by Googling things on their phone. But back in the in the medieval times when I was growing up, there wasn't internet. And, and I was fortunate enough to live in a home that didn't have a television uh, or any sort of outside things. So my, my mom, I was adopted when I was five years old. And my mother took me to the first Baptist yard sale uh, at First Baptist Church here in Statesville, North Carolina, over on Broad Street. And at that yard sale, they had a phonograph and two records. They were 75 cents. 
the two records was Kiss Alive One, the uh-huh. Kiss Alive record, and Jimi Hendrix Axis Bold as Love. Yeah. I went to my mom and I said, Can I have this? And she said, How much is it? And I said it was 75 cents. And I think, Justin, I think she was more concerned about getting the quarterback really than she was about whether or not I had the the whole dollar. So I gave her the quarterback <laughs> and I got the record. And that music just moved me beyond anything and so i wanted a guitar and we were people of limited means so when i was in the sixth grade in between the sixth and seventh grade year uh, i worked with a guy named john baker who owns jb's hot dogs here in statesville they're world famous hot dogs and everybody goes there well that guy and i had a lawn care well he had a lawn care business and i worked for him he rode the push mower and i did no i did the push mower and he did the riding so uh-huh. we'll have to ask him about that maybe yeah, that yeah, yeah. Swap. but i did all the pushing and the weed eating and i worked the whole summer and i saved enough money to buy a guitar from jc penny so i ordered my first guitar from pennies and i picked it up at the little pickup place there at Signal Hill Mall. And that was my first guitar. I had no idea how to play it, no idea how to tune it. I didn't even really know what it was supposed to do. I just knew that I wanted to play that. And uh, that's where I got my start and where I got my first guitar. I love that. Wow. Wow. What a, what man, that's so, that's so, that's so awesome. So, so, all right. So before I'm going to follow up to that, but before, just cause I got to ask. So, so the Axis Bold is Love album, cla- like killer, killer album. What's your, what's your favorite track on it? Track number six, Little Wing. Yes. All right. Are you going to play that? Are you going to play that at, uh, at the show? Well, you know what? I, I hadn't made my set list yet, but here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm not going to make it first, but I'm going to write on my list. I play Little Wing. Oh, okay. that's a big one. Little Wing's a, like, that's a... That's Especially a... since we don't know it, right? I'm just going to throw it at the band, okay? So I just ma- I just made a note, and I'm going to play Little Wing for Justin at the Kane Theater. And so let's do this. Let's make a pack. Everybody that's listening, and Justin, especially Bill, because it's his birthday, and he might be like drinking or something so you got to stick in this bill we can't tell anybody we're not going to tell the band we're not we're not going to do it just in the middle of the show i'm going to start that song and let's see what happens straight up little wing i like it that man little wing is a that is a that's a number like that's a classic I don't know if I know it. We're just going to see what happens, right? <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the beautiful thing about music. You don't know what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. That's so right. Come to Kane Center to see if there's a train wreck. How about that? That's, there you go. There you go. What? Um. So so then so then so then you you have the guitar that you got from from Pennies. You said right mm-hmm. from Pennies. And and you don't know what's going on. Was there, a, you know, take me a little bit farther past that. Did you find someone that became an inspiration, like a, you know, someone local maybe that played that you listened to or that helped teach you a little bit, or did you just go by ear from that point? How did you how did you take the next steps? I love this story. I think it's important for people to hear it. It might as well have been Mandarin. I had no idea what to do with that guitar. No anything. Here's two things. I know that you believe in God, and I, I, I believe that God had a very huge hand in the shaping of me as a young man. Two things were very important. One, in the in the early uh, to mid-70s, the guitars you ordered from J.C. Penney's were made in a Japanese factory called the Matsuki factory. And it was the same place that they also made all the Fenders and the Gibsons that were the 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 foreign line, like the Squires and the Epiphones. Uh-huh. So the guitar that I paid $99 for at J.C. Penney was a fantastic 
guitar. Yeah. I mean, it was, well, hold on one second. Just stay right there. I know you can hear me, but hold on. Here's something interesting. I'm running in the hallway into my drum room and I'm coming back uh, just so because I thought you might ought to see it. This is it. Oh, wow. That's, you yeah. still got it. Uh, of course I do. This is this is a $99 guitar that I bought at JC. And electric. And you, went, you went electric right off the bat. I was going to be Jimi Hendrix, man, <laughs> except taller and more handsome. That That's was right. my plan. Okay. <laughs> That's great. I love that. That you said, well, and good for you. That I mean, you know, of course, of course, you still have it, but but no, that makes sense. Yeah, girl, listening to Hendrix and Kiss is your first, and then getting that. All right, we gotta we gotta take one more break, um, and then we're gonna come back more with Rocky. And finish Lynn. our story. We know, yeah. and yeah, we're gonna finish the story. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. Know the scene. All right, we're back, everybody. I don't want to. Sorry, it's a great, this is great music, but I want to. We're having such a good time talking. I want to save every second we can. Justin Dion back today with Rocky Lynn, having great conversation. Um, Rocky's play, Rocky is playing Kane Center for the Arts, uh, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday. Uh, make sure you can get tickets to that show at KaneArts.org, C-A-I-N-A-R-T-S dot O-R-G. Get your tickets to come see Rocky Lynn um, here. You know, great, great opportunity to, to see to see someone who's been on stages all over the world and all over the, the, the country and get to see him right here. Right here in Lake Norman. Uh, it'll be great. So so please make sure you guys come out. We're talking with Rocky right before the break. We were talking um, we were talking about uh, mentors, Rocky. Mm-hmm. And if there was a mentor that you had along your way, especially as you were really coming into things that really impacted you and helped you. There are many mentors that have helped me in my journey uh, uh, to this point right here. And I guess, uh, so the first mentor I think that, that was a big influence musically wise on me was a guy named Reggie Hope. And I, I, I was a kid with the guitar from the JC Penny and I had a record from the first Baptist church of Iredale County. And I loved all that music, had no idea how to make it. And I heard about this guy that lived a couple miles from me in town named Reggie Hope. And so I just walked over to his house one day. I was probably, I don't know, I was in the seventh grade and he could actually play the guitar and it was just stunning to watch him. And so he showed me my first song and the first song he showed me was Jumping Jack Flash, Mm. which is absolutely positively in retrospect, the worst song to teach someone to begin with, you know, <laughs> I th- maybe because, you know, everybody starts with, you know, smoke on the water. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something that's one finger and easy, right? Well, jumping Jack flash is a bar chord. And bar chords are like the bane when you're trying to learn guitar. Right. So, so I, 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 when he showed me my first song, I thought I'm never, ever going to get this, but uh, you know, a month or so later I could play jumping Jack flash. And so my first chord was a bar chord. Wow. That was, and then here's, here's an interesting story about Reggie because Reggie was a very eclectic and also a, a troubled person. So I go through the high school, I go into the army. I spend years in Los Angeles, California, I work at a guitar school out there. I go to a guitar school. Then I moved to Nashville 
where I'm fortunate enough to play with people that have record deals, people that are doing well. And then I start making records and we move back here to care for my father, my adopted father, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And so the first thing I want to do is look up Reggie Hope, right? I want to see what he's doing. And so I find his brother and I find that Reggie sadly has, uh, has fallen into a, a difficult place in his life. And he was living in, in like a, a rundown place on the bad part of town. And so we left the rotary meeting where I met his brother and I, I told Susan, I said, just stay in the car. I want to see if we can find him. And so we were riding down this road and sitting on the porch of this really rundown dilapidated home was Reggie Hope. He was sitting on the front of it. And so I pulled in the driveway. Now he's not seen me in, at least 30 years, maybe 40 years, a long, long time. And I get out of the car and he goes, Hey, Rocky, how you doing? He knew me <laughs> immediately. And I'm like, how you doing, Reggie? And he said, well, I'm not really doing all that good. And he'd had all these problems and he didn't have a guitar. So I immediately went back to my studio and I got a guitar and I took it over to Reggie and I gave it to him. Mm. And we sat there on the porch and played for a little while and I, I could see that joy that he had as a young man back in his eyes. And I was able to tell him how much it meant to me, how much he helped me, and that I loved him. And that I was grateful for him. Since that time, Reggie's passed away. Mm. And I hope that that day brought a little bit of peace into his life, into a very troubled soul. Mm. Wow, what a great story. You know, mentors mentors are something that I think everyone who, who I've spoken with uh, – whether or not they've 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 been as as you know successful as 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 you or others or not, like the folks that are able to and people that are able to find and and open themselves up to to mentorship, you know, to to having a mentor and and you know mentors along the way, as you mentioned, not just one, like as they come, different times of your life, different mentors are there at the at those times. Really, really seem to have that. They, they really show the benefit of it because having, having someone who's willing to show you, show you the ropes, you know, be a confidant in that way can really help you in your, in your growth and journey. Right. Um, and it's about a community too. You yes, know, the sir. more people you can involve and the more people you can help or, or have on your, uh, in your tribe, so to speak, it, it the, the better it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so as you, as you mentioned, I love that you went ahead and you kind of mentioned all the, all the places that you, you know, went from your time in the service, which thank you for your service and, 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 and there all to, to being out in LA and then ending up in Nashville. Would you say, because, because I'm picking up obviously that, you know, you, your roots hit, your inspiration started with rock and roll. Which, which of course, like rock and roll's roots are in, you know, blues and 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 uh, and country, which also is kind of bluesy too. Um, but but so, at what point is it? Was it Nashville where you kind of more switched and and moved more country, uh, or were you inspired by more country music before then? Well, I, I went in the army. As much as I would like to say I went in the army because I was patriotic, which I I am now. But at the time, I went in the Army because it was really the only choice for me. My dad worked at the furniture factory here in Statesville, so I could go in the Army or I could work at the furniture mm-hmm. factory. And I wanted to go to this guitar school in California called GIT, which was very um, 
lauded as the cool place to go to learn how to play guitar back in in those days and the army would pay for that so i I did my whole hitch in the army so i could go to california yeah and i I moved to california and i went to the school for a year and studied with some of the greatest players in the world and uh, was very humbled at how much i didn't know it was a great opportunity for me to just see that i i really need to be a student the rest of my life to try to figure this out and I auditioned for a bunch of rock bands because I wanted to be, uh, you know, I wanted to be Eddie Van Halen or Jimmy yeah, Hendrix, yeah. like I was before. And I, I never got the gigs, Justin. I would, I would audition and I wouldn't get it, and I'd audition and I wouldn't get it. And it came down the last audition that I did in Los Angeles. It, I had been in those days. They would have cattle calls at the beginning, and they were right. really looking for a certain look. So you had to have hair and be skinny, and it was uh, a lot of things that aren't as important in today's musical society. Thank God. Cause now it's more about, you know, can he sing, can he play yeah. that sort of thing? So I came down to this last audition and it, I'd gotten it all the way down to me and one other fella. And we were going to play the music for the management. So I thought, okay, I got a pretty good shot at this, you know, cause it's just me and one other guy. And then the other guy showed up completely inebriated for the audition. So I thought, I'm going to get this one. Yeah. This one's going to be mine. Well, to his credit, even though he was drunk as a monkey, he did a nice job. What? I did All a pretty right. nice job. I did a pretty nice job, too. He got the job. Mm. And then I realized, hey, you know what? I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't curse like a sailor. I do all that stuff now, but I didn't do any of it then. <laughs> <And> I- <laughs> Not sure I believe that one. They, they, they weren't going to have me. They did. I wasn't going to be any fun, you know, <laughs> so it didn't work. So I, so I moved to Nashville where I was able to find people that are in my tribe. And that's really the thing I tell a lot of young people going back to our first part of the conversation is that if you just say, I'm going to be Eddie Van Halen and that's it. And if that door doesn't open for you, you have to be brave enough and bold enough to walk through any other doors that do open. Mm-hmm. Because what you're looking for is your path and your way and your path in your way will be idiosyncratic to your journey, not someone else's journey. So maybe I wasn't put on here to be Eddie Van Halen. Maybe I was put on here to play country guitar or gospel guitars or yeah. write songs and be a, uh, you know, a court jester that kind of what I am now. And you have to be bold enough to say, I'll change my directions. If, if the winds point me in that direction. Mm-hmm. Was there so what what motivated your move out to um to Nashville? Did someone call so, you with a gig or or what? Well, when I left Los Angeles, I just started driving and I drove all the way to the coast. So from leaving the, you know, Hollywood, California, all the way to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's where I ended. And I ended up playing with another mentor, inspiration of mine, a guy named Michael Shane, who was the big country guy in that area then. Uh, so my audition with Mike Shane was when I first got there, I was just kind of lost. You know, I was looking for my way in the world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I was playing at a place called the Islander at Ocean Isle Beach in uh, Ocean Isle, North Carolina. And it was a jazz gig where there was a piano player, a saxophone player, and I played guitar. And we would play like Girl from Ipanema and Autumn Leaves, that sort of stuff while wow, people would wow. eat, while they eat their dinner. And the famous guy in the area was a guy named Mike Shane, and he played at the other Islander. They had two. The other one was a big dance hall. And so I went to the other Islander as soon as I heard about him, and I walked in, and I went directly up to him, and I said, 
I'd like to play in your band. And he said, are you that kid from the Islander? And I said, I hope I am. He said, okay, you start tomorrow night. So I, the next night he hadn't heard me play. Yeah, I was and say, heard no, him. no, nothing. No, no audition. Like in LA, just straight get to right. play now. I like he, it. He just gave me the gig. So I'm, I get on stage with Mike Shane and he gave me the first solo during a song called good hearted woman, which is an old Willie Nelson song. And I played the worst, most horrible, loud rock and roll non-country solo on the planet earth and he just looked at me and smiled and then at the end of, and we went through the whole night of that of me just butchering every country song then he comes up the next after the gig and he hands me a cassette of Vern Gosden he says learn this and you'll know how to play country so I went home and I didn't sleep and I worked on it and the next night when he would sing those songs I would play those licks on that Vern Gosden record and at the end of the night he said I didn't mean him one night, Rocky. I didn't mean go home and learn the whole dang thing in one night. At wow. the end of the summer, he said, son, I'm going to Nashville and I want to make a demo. Bring your stuff and you're going to play. He took me to Nashville and we checked into the Hall of Fame Hotel, which sounds nice, but it's not, over on Demumbrian. And the next day I found an envelope under my door that said, this is where you belong. I'll have your truck shipped to you. And he had $500 cash in it for me to get started. And that's how I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Wow, what a story. Wow, all right. Well, we're going to have to go to break on that. What a story to go to break to. We'll be back with more Rocky Lynn. Know the scene. We can go down to Old El Paso. Spend the night in New All right, welcome back, everybody, to today's show of Know the Scene. Today's Know the Scene episode with our guest, Rocky Lynn. Uh, wonderful musician, singer, songwriter, performer, uh, just all around great guy. Um, uh, from Statesville, North Carolina, born and raised, but has experienced success all over the country and the world as well. Uh, when we last left off, Rocky was, was he told us how he got to Nashville. And I got to tell you, everyone, we'll have to have Rocky back because there's so much more we can talk about. But this being our last segment here, Rocky, I want to, you know, some you've, you've had, I mean, you've had number one uh, country singles charts with your song Lipstick. Uh, you know, you've, you've had performances on Good Morning America, Fox and Friends, been on the Grand Ole Opry numerous times um, as well. Um, is there any one of, I mean, I, and I love the story that you told about the performer, I mean, not the performer, I'm sorry, the, um, the soldier that, that you got to perform, um, for and him coming back. But is there any, any, from like a performer side, from being that kid who listened to, you know, inspired by Hendrix and Kiss and getting that guitar from JC Penny and, and then, you know, learning and then going to the guitar school after your service and everything there. Out of, out of the things you've done from a performer side, from a, what's the, what was the, is there any one of those moments that you've had so far? And I'm sure there's several, but maybe just pick one for now. That, that was a moment that just like the little kid that Rocky was when he was so inspired to play guitar. What was one of the professional moments that you've had so far that like just really tickled you? You know, they tickled that little kid inside you. We were, that's a nice question as well, Justin. But we were lucky enough to play some shows up in the Boston uh, area, up in the New England area with Greg Almond. Oh, who, uh, you know, obviously was uh, one of the founding members of the Almond Brothers. And uh, this is and we the first show 
uh, I think we were allotted 20 minutes. We were going to play 20 minutes and then, you know, they would come out and play and their buses were over to the side. It was under a great big tent. And I think it was for the people that owned the Boston Celtics. Now that I think about it, I think it was, yeah, it was the people that owned the basketball team up there. And, uh, and, you know how sometimes in multiple band shows, the opening act is really just there to kind of get the people warmed up and mm-hmm, get going. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's totally cool as well. And the stage managers, sometimes they're really friendly and sometimes they're not as friendly. This was one of those situations where they weren't being super friendly. <laughs> but and and so we ended up with just a little teeny tiny bit of the stage. Oh but no! We got to, oh, they... But we got we got to do a full sound check. It was so much that we had to set up in a line as opposed to set up with the drums in the yep, back uh-huh. and all that. And it was totally fine because we were grateful to be there. And I'm a huge Greg Allman fan. And so we're doing our sound check and we're just kind of jamming and we got a little time to get it right, which is a blessing. And I look down and there's Greg Allman wow. sitting in the in the in one of the seats in the front watching our sound check. And he comes up after the sound check and he goes, why are you guys in a line? And I said, well, we're just trying to make sure you guys have plenty of room. And he just goes, hey, give these guys some room so they can play. And they move stuff back and let us put our drums behind them. And then when we got ready to go on stage, the stage manager who had been less than friendly before came up and said, Greg says you can play for 60 minutes. (laughs) And we got to play for an hour. And for the rest of those few dates there, we, I mean, we would play and I would look to the side and Greg Allman and, and his band would be on the side of the stage wow. looking at us. how cool. And, and, and Greg Allman said to me, and I'm not bragging, I hope it didn't sound like I'm bragging. No, that's not no. My, what I'm trying to, but he asked, asked what it was. And the first thing that came to my mind was he said to me, you have such a nice tone. And I mean, playing guitar isn't really about notes. It's about the tone. Yeah. It's about the feeling and the emotions that you pull out of it. You know, we forget that music is what moves us, whether we understand the words or the the style of music it is at all. Music is is from our core, from our very being. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. And from a guitar guy like Greg Allman to a guitar guy like you, that means something. Because like folks who appreciate guitar, like we all know that you... In my mind, especially someone like a Greg Allman, someone like Jimi Hendrix, you know, Jimmy Page. I mean, I even go so far right now, one of my favorite more recent, you know, guitar, guitar players like that. And I I think like I can hear it and I know it's him is John Mayer. I mean, they have a tone. They have that guitar. They're they're guitar. You hear like one or two notes and you're like, oh, that's Mayer or all that, you know. And so that's how cool for you. To to have you know Greg Almond go your tone is great, like that's so I, awesome. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. But I I'm I'm in a different spot there in that you know a lot of now we have this movie coming out and you know the movie's about my life and yes yes tell us but, about that tell us about but that. I well, where I where idea, I belong. Well, people sometimes get the idea because of the movie. I've had several people say to me, hey, what's it feel like to be a good guitar player or whatever they would say? But the the whole idea that didn't come across in the movie is that somehow or another, they think I think I'm good at it. I don't at all. I consider myself a student 
and trying to learn how to play guitar. You know, guitar is like riding a motorcycle, I think. The day that you think you know how to ride a motorcycle is the day you should probably park your motorcycle. Huh. So so tell us about the the documentary coming out. What what okay. when's it when, it's it's called Rocky Lynn where I belong. Um yep. going to be a retrospective of your life and your career so far in music and it's also going to preview a new album you have coming. But can you share with us some some dates and and how people can find out more and when it comes out when where they where can they find it? Sure. Uh the the movie is called Where I Belong and it's a documentary and when they first came to me and said We'd like to do a documentary about your life. I was hosting this show on A&E called Operation Build mm-hmm. that would do uh, retrofits of veterans' homes who had been injured in the war. And it was a, a, a true honor of ours to be a part of that program and to help these men and women whose mobility and access to just normal things like going to the bathroom and getting in and out of their house had mm-hmm. been taken away from them by their service to our country. And then we were able to help those people. But those people then wanted to do a documentary about me. And I thought that was the craziest idea ever. But in this research that they did to do the movie, they hired a DNA detective and they found my father. Mm. They found my my biological father who never knew that he had a son, who never knew that he had another kid. He had a family and a wife and all that, but he didn't know that. Bill, Justin, guess what my dad did? Guess what my biological father did? Was he a guitar player? He was a guitar player in a country band. What? He was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne in the same unit that I was in. And he played guitar his whole life. Wow. Wow. Listen, man. What? Yeah, but- like if, wow, if, you could have knocked me over with a feather when I when I found that out, and then I got to meet him, and we got to be super super close. Wow! And in the movie, he comes up on stage and sings with me. Wow! And and also, I got to spend a great deal of time with him during COVID because the whole world just stopped during mm-hmm, COVID, mm-hmm. and we would go there, and I would sit at his house and sing, and then he was declining when I met him and it got worse and worse. And, and I was fortunate enough to be there with him by his bedside as he transitioned to heaven. Wow. And, you know, six months or a year before that, I didn't even know who my father was. Wow. Wow. That's so, that's uh, wow. So wait, so when does the movie come out? I don't know. (laughs) Well, we'll have to have him back. We'll have you back. All right, when to, to celebrate the movie. Circuit. All right, well, well, we'll have to have you back to have a celebration of the movie coming out. We could talk more about it when that happens. Um, well, the movie's done, and we did the film festival circuit, and it was very successful. And now they're scheduling uh, the the release to everybody. And and I I don't know the particulars of it, but it should be uh, the first part of this year. I would hope. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure we'll make sure to have to get some information and, and share all that too from our side and from Kane Center side. Hey, what about what about doing a what about doing a showing of it at Kane Center? Anytime, we'd love to do that. We should do that. Me, I think that me would and be you awesome. And, Bill and anybody else that wants to come, we'll yeah. Do it. No, really, I think that would be awesome. Like, I would yeah, love to man. do that. No, we've got a full a full projector everything we just and we haven't done a movie yet it's on our list of things to do so you could be the first movie at Kane Center where we could show your documentary 
that would be, be a awesome. huge honor. I, we would love that. We'd be very honored. Yes, now, you also, along with other than just doing wonderful things like your documentary, you you know, I love that you are also at this point, you know, you, you and you and your wife, Susan have, have your entertainment company you've been, yeah, that you've had. And you're also now to the point where you're doing some mentoring yourself, right? With, um, with Danny, Danny Kerr. Mm-hmm. Sure. We, we have been able and lucky enough to run into a tremendous amount of super talented people in this area. And one of those people is Danny Carr, who, uh, is this young lady from Statesville who has this unbelievable gift of a voice that just moves people whenever she sings. And I was able to, I'm finishing up a record on her now. And she was recently featured on America's Got Talent and did just a wonderful job on that show. And it also allows me to, you know, the, 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 40 years or so we've been in the music business, we, it, not without running into a few potholes along the of way. Course. And maybe we can somehow or another steer these young people from missing those potholes. I love that. Some of the experience that we had along the way. I love that. Well, Rocky, we've got just, I mean, literally we've got 30 seconds left. Want to make sure, thank you so much for coming today. The time has just flown by. Um, okay, Rocky we got to end with a happy birthday to Bill. Happy right? birthday, Bill. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bill, who's 34 years old today. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> All right, Happy Bill. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, Thank everybody. Know Thank the you. scene. Come see Rocky Lennon at Kane Center for the Arts.